1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Athletic Cats Hockey Podcast. It's your host, David Rodriguez, with my co-host, Ryan Keelan and Kirby Lupel And we're very excited to have our special guest today, Armando, from the Lock On Panthers podcast. Uh, it's been a long time coming, Armando. We've been talking about this for several months, but you're here ready to talk about, finally, the Florida Panthers season preview. Ryan, Kirby, uh, before we get to Armando, we are now 10 days at the time of the recording. We can count them on our fingers now. We are so close to finally regular season hockey for the Florida Panthers. Ryan, you were at my house the other day. You had some chicken wings. Hope, hopefully, you've licked them all off your fingers. But how you doing, my friend?
2: Well, that was a good time. Other than the Dolphins getting smoked, <laughs> um, you know, I I'm gonna jump back on the Discords, back on Twitter, talking about hockey. I mean, we're almost here finally. I know preseason and the training camps is more
1: uh, Kirby speed, but I'm ready for the big leagues. Let's let's do it. Yeah, we did our fantasy draft, for those that don't know, uh, the last few days. I'm in like four leagues. There was so much demand, so hockey's here. And I know, Kirby, you're excited as well.
3: Yeah, uh, David, good feedback on your Instagram, the countdowns. Um, a lot of the FLA Cats community have, have been loving seeing those on the stories. So oh, yeah. keep those up leading up to the season here. Um, Much better week for me for football. We won't get into that too much today, but uh, back on track there. And yeah, I'm just kind of ready for hockey here. Kind of missed a few preseason games, have caught some other ones. So it's nice to have Armando on here, who's covering the team daily and, you know, at the rink and practices and different things like that. So I'm looking forward to what Armando has in store for us here tonight.
1: Yeah, for those that don't know Armando, he's on the Locked on Hot Panthers podcast. He's done over 600 episodes in about two, three years, he mentioned. So Armando's very experienced in this area and he's been covering the team with a lot of passion for the past few seasons. So Armando, welcome on in, and we're very excited to have you today.
0: Hey, thank thank you guys for having me in the first place. Uh, you know, David David, truthfully, this is the first time I'm saying this publicly, but you are such an inspiration when it comes to content creators with the with it comes to the cats and your dedication as well. And you yourself, you push me to be a better content creator. I want to say that to you publicly, uh, for for thank for you, real.
1: No, thank you, Armando. I appreciate that. There's been bumps on the road, but I've always tried to uh, stay on the right track and I'm glad it's, you know, the best time to be a Florida Panthers fan right now. So thank you for that, Armando. And We couldn't have thought of anyone better to join us to talk about a long, I mean, not as long as a summer as usual, but a pretty long summer nevertheless, just on how we know the season ended. Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. We've talked about this uh, quite a few times. But we're excited to see, talk about some additions, some subtractions we've had over the last few months. So uh, I wanted to start off talking about the offense. I know there's been uh, quite a bit of controversy the last uh, few months as far as subtractions. Uh, I know Anthony Duclair was a was a real lover here in South Florida. A lot of people loved him. He loved being here. Ryan Kirby Armando, uh, just a little bit on Duclair. I know we've added a couple pieces, but I think of the pieces that we lost uh, offensively, Duclair, and then maybe Hornquist on maybe a back end on the ice type of thing was a bit of a loss. But he's he's in the the organization. We know he's still a part of the team. So uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Just uh, do you or, do you think the Panthers are going to feel a lot in that Duclair loss, or do you think some of these additions we'll talk about maybe offset that?
2: Um, you know my feelings on Duclair. I don't think we'll lose too much i mean i know he had 30 goals with two years ago but you know at at points he just disappears so i'm i'm hoping sam muskevich can step up in the hopefully in the top six i'm sure we'll we'll debate that a little later but i'm not i'm not too upset about losing duclair i think you know if rodriguez is up there we have a more well-rounded player so i'm i'm not you know i was never huge on duclair so i don't think so Kirby, keep on rolling
3: Yeah, um, Ryan mentioned the Sam front, which we'll get into a little bit here on our preview show, but um, another guy we're going to get into, Evan Rodriguez. I did a lot of film on him this summer, and I'm just excited to see what he can add to our power play, and they were starting at at certain points to phase Duclair out of that uh, spot there, David, on the PP1, so I think Erod's going to slide into there where Duclair was two, three years ago when he had that really breakout season. And again, I was the guy that said he was probably going to be benched in that Tampa Bay series, him or Verhage, which was a hot take because Verhegi is one of our best and Duclair ended up getting benched. So um, I was kind of out on him before even the general fan base kind of was and kind of his streaky play. I felt very bad for him with the injury and everything that you always feel bad for athletes when they have to battle back from that. I think he'll go to San Jose and produce some offense there. Um, and then David, you mentioned if, if San Jose is going to be bad, which they likely are. Uh, maybe Duclair is a shopped around the deadline to go to a playoff team or something like that. But yeah. I think he'll all fit in pretty well there in San Jose, but I'm just looking forward, like Ryan said to what's to come um, for that replacement spot. And even further down the lineup, like you mentioned Hornquist, I think we've got a lot of guys coming in like Stenlin, Lawrence, some big boys that we learned from that Vegas series that we have to get bigger and stronger down the middle of the ice, even on the wings. So I yeah. think uh, addition by subtraction, when you talk about those moves.
1: Yeah, and Armando, I know you've been in the locker room. You talked with Duclair, I'm sure, several times in Hornquist while they were here. So just a little bit on on how maybe that Duclair loss impacts maybe a little bit of the locker room presence that he had uh, for the team. And for
0: Anthony Duclair, very well-liked guy around. The Florida Panthers helped him launch his foundation as well. Let's not forget that during the All-Star break, that's when the Anthony Duclair Foundation got launched. And just a few weeks later after he returned in that game against Buffalo. And at the time that was seen as a must win game for the Florida Panthers as well. And the, you know, at the crossroads around the trade deadline, are, are they going to sell? Are they going to buy? Are they going to stand Pat, which we all saw that they were, they ended up standing Pat around there and the LTIR space that was created with, with that Aaron neck going down early, re, um, able to sign Eric Stall. And look, Anthony DeClaire had a chip on his shoulder in the postseason of 2022, gets benched in game six, uh, scratched in game six, and then comes game one against the Tampa Bay Lightning and scores and and almost has a second one if there wasn't a a review for the puck touching the net uh, in in game one as well. So I think I think Anthony DeClaire is going to, you know, get 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 more of his offensive numbers back from what the 2022 season was in San Jose because he's going to be more relied on on a on a team that's starting to trade out some of their pieces from their their uh, their uh, Stanley Cup run in 2016. I I know Logan Couture is, is still there. Mark Edward Velasic is still there as 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 well for that. But the trade for Anthony Duclair, and this is something I talk about in my Monday show. The trade for Anthony Duclair for Stephen Lawrence was basically a two for one. You bring in Stephen Lawrence which a lot of beef in that power um, in that bottom six had a career high in hits last year. You mentioned Kev- Kevin Stenland earlier, six, five aggressive on the four check as well. Ryan Lomberg is going to be your fourth line left wing more than likely. And then using that cat space to bring in Evan Rodriguez to be on that top on that top power play as well. So it was a two for one for Bill Zito and with the flat cap in the last couple of years, you've had to see Bill Zito Make a trade for a year right before they become UFA, become a UFA and good GMs in all sports gets rid of a guy a year too early before a year too late. And I think that's what the Bill Zito found himself as in this situation as, as that.
1: You see, you see Kirby, you see Ryan. This is why I picked Duclair my fantasy team because he's going to San Jose. He's got a little bit of a little juice in him now. He's got a new environment. So yeah, I got him on my fantasy team late because I think you have a little step up. So you won't be saying that in three months.
3: So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, but I go went with William Nylander instead of Duclair. Yeah, that's for the fine. Same that's reason. fine. But good points from you guys for sure.
1: We knew Duclair was a fan favorite, so the departure of him, I'm sure, will be felt throughout the organization. But you guys touched on some players. Evan Rodriguez, Kevin Stenlin, Steven Lorenz. We have Brett Ritchie on the PTO right now. So some guys on the on the offensive side that we've brought in to kind of beef up that bottom six and even have Evan Rodriguez, you know, battling for a spot in that top six. So just off the start, I think offensively, like we mentioned, uh off the off the top, there's really no question marks as far as uh, you know, lack of scoring or depth as far as uh, the wing spot. I know we've got Carter Verhage lined up with Barkov on that first line for sure. There's probably going to be a, a touch and go with Evan Rodriguez being on that first line to start. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, then this is where the second line we've had a little bit of controversy in camp with, we know Sam Bennett, we know Matthew Kachuk. And then now we've seen that maturity in, in Mackie Semiskevich's game that has a lot of questions or a lot of fans asking: Can he get in that second second line wing spot with those guys and create a little bit more offense? And maybe a Nick Cousins, who was a you know he produced pretty good in the playoffs for us, uh, uh in that second line. So Ryan, we'll go with you, Mackie or Nick in that second spot. Uh, you know, off off the go.
2: I'm gonna go Mackie. Well, i gonna I want that skilled top six. I mean, Cousins is an absolute grinder. I don't know if you saw Um, Kobe guy posted his, li- the lines that he thought just based on the, um mm-hmm. on the Jersey saying he had Verhege, Barkov, Rodriguez, and then he had Samuskevich, Uskevich, Kachuk, Lusto, Lundell, Reinhardt, and then Lomberg, Lawrence, Cousins. I mean, I-, I absolutely love the whole lineup top to bottom. I mean, if you have Stenland who I'm, you know, you know, he couldn't crack the lineup in Columbus and whatever, but if that's your healthy scratch, I mean, we've been in a lot worse of a place, you know, in years past. Um, I want Sam Miskevich. I mean, from what I've seen in the, I know it's preseason, but everyone's saying, you know, he just looking, he's got some skill. So I need to see it, but I'm going Sam Miskevich. I, I like a skilled top six and we'll get the grinders and the bruisers on the bottom. So,
1: yeah, just adds a little bit more element on that line of scoring rather than cousins, a little bit more grindy. So We'll see Kirby. I know you talked about Sam Miskevich, Armando, I know we've talked about Sam Miskevich as well. Probably our number one prospect we have in the organization, the really only one we could really, you know, hang our hats on. And he's and he's pretty much shown out in these, you know, four or five games in the preseason and then as well, you know, in, in the day-to-day camp training. So Armando I'd, and Kirby just real quick on Matt. Yeah, I'll be
3: quick here and then throw it over to Armando. Um, I'm gonna give the answer both. I like Nick Cousins on the second line and I like the upside of having Mackie there as well. So if they start with Cousins and then go to Mackie and say 20 games or Mackie is, is looking really good out of camp, which he has, I think he still needs to, uh, which Armando might get into. There's still certain things that he has to work on elements of his game. And if he goes down to the A, I don't think it's the end of the world because that 13th, that 12th, 13th, 14th spot's going to be very competitive with Lombard, Cousins, Stenlin. Lorenz um Richie's looked really good in camp on that PTO so I'm not panicking like a lot of people are like why are we starting cousins there when we can go to Mackie it's always good I'm always like the person to say, go to the veteran first and then the young guy next. That's what I said. Give Bob the start last year in the playoffs. And if he falters, you go to line, even though line's not a young guy, but he was the younger guy in that situation with the less experience. So mm-hmm. again, I'll, I'll, answer that both. I'm fine with cousins because of what's happened in the playoffs, but I don't think he's the long-term solution up there. And then when you drop cousins down to say like a fourth line, your team's going to be really deep. But again, guy like Mackie Samuskiewicz, he has to click. We've saw Denisenko and camp really struggle um, and then Evan Rodriguez is new to this team. I want to see him in the top six, but he also has to earn that spot too. So right. there's a lot of questions still on the wing, David, but, um, I'll answer that. Like I'm fine with either cousins or Mackie. Uh, we still got another week of preseason to let this play out. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and, um, just before recording the show and also preparing for my show tomorrow, there, uh, there are uh, 35 players. Eighteen. I have eighteen locks on the roster, and eleven of them are forwards. And all this bubble guys. Mackie Semoskavage is still there because I cannot say for certain that he is put yeah. in in Sharpie that he is on on the team. But here's the thing, Paul Marie spoke last week when it comes to when it comes to the the skill guys that you need to play them the the, the top minutes so with, with with the skill with the skill. And that's what Mac- Mackie Semaskevich is. You gotta you you're not gonna you're not gonna have him make the teams in order to play the fourth line. If you're gonna it, it, you're waste, you're wasting his time, you're wasting his development if you're if you're playing him fourth line minutes. If if that's not the case, then send him to the AHL where he's gonna get those top line, top line minutes with which Mackie Semaskevic uh performed decently well in, in, in the Calder Cup playoffs last year. And Palmery spoke about how the the guy just wants to play hockey and he just, he wanted to go right away even before signing an ELC because during, during last year, he was playing with Charlotte under a PTO. Let's not forget that as well, what his contract terms are. So it's going to be a little longer until he's going to be a, a, an RFA. No, no problem there. So, so it's not the worst thing in the world as far as develop his development. And Paul Maurice also spoke about how you have to protect a guy's development too. And Denisenko is a lock by default, but because of his contract, more than likely, they're going to give him a chance, even though Mackie has performed better than him. But I do like Mackie Samuskevich there on the second line, too. Like when you think about it's like you're trying not to salivate when you see the, the lines, when you when you see out of out of training camp, because you could see what. This team can do be as far as a force offensively, but mm-hmm. we also got to remember that he's not even of drinking age yet, too, and 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 that there's still so much of that time that needed to needed need that he needs as far as seasoning in his game. I mean, Anton Lindell uh, ha, went went to the went to the Panthers right away. I know he played a uh, a few seasons in Liga, no. and Spencer Knight didn't go um, to the AHL right away out of college as well, so. There, there might be a chance that Paul Maurice and Bill Zito's hands might be forced, but like Kirby said, it could be a temporary solution for Nick Cousins to be on that second line. But man, will it be exciting because Nick Cousins, you can put him up and down anywhere um, outside of the top line and you'll be, you'll be okay. He's going to grind it out wherever he plays, but Mackie you, it's got to be in that top nine if he, if he does make the roster.
1: Yeah, it's a real good conversation to have right now because, like I mentioned, Mackie was really our only hope of a prospect at this point in time of development going into this year and into the next year. So I'd say he's a little bit ahead of schedule, just the way he's played this year and uh, what we hope for him. I, I'm excited for him, and I, I know his family is as well. They follow uh, me on Twitter. So, you know, they're excited oh, for bye. him. <laughs> uh, but no, like I said, they're excited, and we haven't talked about Lisa Ryan. In. Very excited for him. Had a career year last year. Looks like he's fully healthy from his leg injury he suffered in the Eastern Conference Finals. You mentioned Lundell and Reinhardt on that third line. So that top nine, whether it's Sammy or Cousins, just looks juicy as can be to me as far. And we've talked about a lot of Atlantic teams um, over the last month or so. So I think those top nine got to be at the top if not one two uh with maybe toronto as far as the strongest in the atlantic
2: but Uh, if denisenko's in it i'm 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 kind of i I was surprised
1: armando said denisenko to be honest but i know i know they signed him to to like the i think it was a one-way deal right armando yeah so he's he's gonna be in there whether it's a scratch or not and if for him to go to ahl he'd have to go through waivers i don't know if they're ready to do that yeah Uh, yeah, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's going to be there whether a scratch or not. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a good problem to have with Mackey's development, but we'll see. Not sure if there's any name You mentioned Kevin Stenland, Ryan. You know, he's maybe – I don't fringe know. Ryan's or, not
3: high on him. I am. I'm not, I,
1: so, I like I'm at camp,
2: a... I don't know. He I, I went to practice, and he kind of looked like he was really tall and, like, lanky I, I don't know and just I don't know he didn't crack the lineup that says a lot when he couldn't on Columbus like two years ago and he's one good more... on
3: the pen he's good on the penalty kill he's great in the faceoff dot Ryan our team we have we have a lot paper. of
2: guys that are good on the penalty kill though at this point we
3: don't have a lot of guys that are good in the face faceoff dot. that's that's a good point but one thing <laughs>
2: one thing about um cousins wherever he plays if he's on the second line as you saw in the playoffs or on the fourth line with Lawrence or Stenland and and Lomberg that's going to be an annoying line to play against, and very, very challenging to play against. Which, which is, you know, the best case scenario for us. So, I, again, I don't care where cousins can play wherever in this
1: lineup, other than the top line, and we're we're chilling. Yeah, while well, we're talking about the forwards, I wanted to mention the power play as well. Uh, we know that we're going to talk a little bit of defense in just a few minutes, but going to the power play, I think, I think what we've seen and what you've seen Armando as well has been the emergence of Evan Rodriguez potentially being in that fourth forward spot um to contribute offensively in and, and that point of view we see oliver ekman larson probably playing that fifth spot as well so uh, i i know there was a lot of excitement about evan rodriguez we'll talk about him here real quick we brought him in as a free agent i believe it was a four-year deal or three or four-year deal at about three four million dollars each so fair value for what he's done the last few years i know he was looking to get more of a stay at uh, a friendly deal to stay with his family now. And we've seen quite a few videos of him golfing and his family being, I saw him actually the other day at the ice den with his kid um, skating in the same class. My son is in. So he looks really excited to be here and we're excited to have him here as well. So um, Ryan Kirby, Armando, just real quick on Evan Rodriguez and what you guys think he can bring for the Panthers offensively, not just on the power play, but five on five as
3: well. Armando.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I've talked about this quite a few times about him being a late bloomer and then having to play the last two seasons with Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon didn't play as much uh, last season uh, as much as he did in Pittsburgh. But just what he just what he brings to the table as far as being uh, having a wicked one timer shot from the from the left uh, from the left circle. Uh, as, as well and 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 a guy who's going to be there on rebound opportunities as well and just when you think about what the Panthers were a few years ago as far as trading chances um, run and gun and all that stuff and then having and then winning low scoring games a thing that we didn't really see much even in the same regular season in 2022-23 just the turnaround and and what the panthers formula was as far as creating turnovers and scoring within five seconds of them evan rodriguez honestly brings i, I think he brings such a good um good piece to to the formula that paul maurice wants to wants to bring as well
3: yeah Brian, just to Kirby. add to what armando said there too um i just think he's going to be very dangerous on the power play i know his shooting percentage is a little up and down but um there's a reason I draft him in the FLA cats hockey league last yeah. night there, David, for those power play numbers. And that's a position that we've struggled for one reason or another. Carter Verhage doesn't click there. I know David, you and I disagree on this a little bit, but Sam Bennett, I think that's too much kind of uh, high, low action there where we're not spacing out to the wings where we're not setting up one-timer opportunities. And, um, we have enough passers on our power play. We've always had that with the Huberdos and Giroux. A little less last year, but we're still overpassing the puck on the power play. And when you have a guy like Evan Rodriguez out there fanning out wide, he's going to open up a lot of room for other guys, especially down low and even to your point guy, like an OEL that's probably going to be the PP1 while Brandon Monter and Aaron Eckbladder are of the lineup. So I just like from day one, having a new guy in there and fusion in there. We haven't had that one timer since DeClaire. And then, uh, and as I always mentioned, dating all the way back to Mike Kaufman. So um, to kind of have that element on there that we really didn't have all of last year, I think that's going to, really give a boost to our power play numbers and then when we get back a couple guys on the back end there that's even going to help the power play even more because those guys specialize back there so I think that helps OEL I think that helps the guys like Barkoff and Kachuk and Reinhardt and just hope that uh early in the season Barkoff and Reinhardt capitalize on a few more opportunities five on five and on the power play but yeah I'm really high on Evan Rodriguez
0: yeah and he scored six goals on on the power play of his 16 last year yeah. and and, and I like and 19. you mentioned
3: you mentioned Armando. He's played with Crosby. He's played with McKinnon. I didn't like how Bednar utilized him, especially down the stretch and into the playoffs when I went to watch some film on him this summer. They had JT Comfer out there, in out there, and I've talked that a lot on our Spaces um, off-season shows. So I think Paul Maurice, you know, Bill Zito bringing him in. I think we have a better chance to utilize him than potentially Pittsburgh and Colorado have, and we're giving him just as many weapons on this Florida Panthers team. So I, I love the move
1: ryan anything
3: on evan rodriguez is uh, i but, still the,
1: am i still your favorite rodriguez though oh i would say uh for now for now for your now son, your son
2: different spelling <laughs> oh my son yeah different Yeah, it is a different spelling too so yeah now i have nothing else than Evan rodriguez i can't follow those two
1: well no i mean i, I like we mentioned i think evan rodriguez is going to bring an, a different dimension that duclair had uh, i know we talked about just how I think we were very unlucky as far as the team last year in the regular season. We were creating just as many good chances from what I've seen compared to that President's Trophy season. We just couldn't bury it. And we we didn't even talk about Matthew Kachuk, the best player on our team, the MVP caliber type of player. We know what he's going to bring. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be, again, the best player on our team. And well, potentially- second
2: best according
1: to uh, Kirby. Yeah, true co-mvp <laughs> as he calls him i guess
3: because 1b 1b is fine no what it's do, 1a 1a ryan what does matthew who does matthew kachuk say the best player on the team is go I off have, of what he says he says bobrovsky
2: bobrovsky he's not, not gonna say himself he's just being modest he's oh it, he's modest he's modest. yeah it's oh. obviously him
0: oh just like how Connor redard said that he could play better even though he had two prim- primary assists and like five shots on goal. Like
3: Armando, don't bring him up on the podcast. Don't bring Bedard up on this podcast. I we, start Bedard.
1: we don't. Yeah, I
3: we got don't Bedard in that. both my fantasy leagues, my keeper league. I we got to carry on. We got to carry on. So yeah, <laughs> so,
1: offensively, <laughs> we started. offensively, I said, I still think we can all agree with the thumbs up. Yes. Panthers. No mm-hmm. problems there at this at opening day. We're fine. Uh
3: David, what were we sixth in offense last year, and our fan base still complains not enough offense. Sixth in the league well, for goals. We know
1: far. how much how me and Ryan like goals. So we'll we're be, no <laughs> Buffalo, but we'll be, know, taking...
3: <laughs> we'll be taking Ryan needs over. extra shots on that. He needs five goals a night. He needs all those numbers. Yep. Too. get the Man. props up.
1: <laughs> so now we'll transition to defense. We talked okay, a little Can bit I ask about...
2: Armando a question to start defense because yeah, I think it's a hot topic for everyone on this thing? Go ahead. All right, Armando. It's not a question. I just want to hear your thoughts on Gustav Forsling. Already? Well, yeah, I gotta get it. We gotta start out hot here.
0: I I think, I think he should be like if you're thinking for Forsling, I think he's a second pair guy as mm-hmm. far as his long term projection. As far as that, him and Ekblad can it can be it can be up and down as as a pairing based on him using a, his speed to break out of the zone versus. Ekblad being a, l- a little bit of not the best skater, but we know what he can bring to the table as far as closing gaps, even though he's struggled this year. But Gus Forsling, I mean, he he's a, he's a prized he's a prized player when it comes to Bill Zito. He that's There's a reason why they bought out Keith Yandel in the expansion in the expansion draft to protect Forsling, and there he's re- he's on a cheap he's on a cheap deal. So for what you're getting, there's value in Gus Forsling, and for this coming off season, i I've said that you got to keep only one of Montour or right. Forsling, and I think Bill Zito is going to choose Forsling because you're going to get a smaller wow, cap hit and a is. smaller
2: wow. AAV. Too. And he's like thirty years old, Montour, so you know it's a little risky yeah so
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll dig deep a little bit into oh, Kirby's, Kirby's, sure. I'll, I'll get into that
3: later but <laughs> no, Armando no. the points on Forsling, he said he's a second pairing guy and he's cheap I'll add this Armando for now we don't know what his agent's gonna ask but uh that's true there's a reason why one guy's asking for more than the other because he's a better hockey player so. mm-hmm. all right so we'll I don't, recap I, don't, I don't get rid of better hockey players and guys that win in the playoffs <laughs> so
1: well, 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 I'm well carry on we'll carry on that's that's hard that's hot I have oh, heard
3: Armando hot. talk on that but I like that Armando said there's only going to be one because David I've said that all along you know, I don't man.
1: disagree I never disagree I just I just nod my head and just wait for it to happen I don't disagree <laughs> so you know we know like Armando said defense last year was up and down teeter-totter good bad they we ranked 21st in, in goals against which is Bottom of the league, 16th in 5v5 goals per 60 minutes. And um, with goaltending, we, there wasn't too much help, but we'll tie that into uh, a little bit as well. I also want to mention, defensively, we have one of the best offensive defenders in the NHL, I believe, with Barkov, with Sarainen, Lundell. Reinhardt, all potential Selkie. You can even throw Kachuk in there. He plays mm-hmm. a full game as well. So I just wanted to tie that in at the beginning because we we tend to forget that we do have a lot of good offensive, defensive players. A
3: lot of the fin, David, that's something Ottawa struggles with. <laughs> right. So, so,
1: so that helps a little bit, you know, in the defensive end of the game, which we'll talk about right now. Uh, we brought in or i well, will start with who we lost. Well, we also forgot to mention we lost Eric Stahl. I'm sorry, guys. I know for a lot of Eric Stahl lovers out there, <laughs> we forgot we lost Eric Stahl offensively and we did lose his brother Mark Stahl signed a nice deal with Philadelphia Flyers. So I'm sure he's enjoying his what time. What about Colin White? Toward, oh, we forgot Colin oh, White, <laughs> Balsers. Uh, we forgot some
3: of those. No, guys. let's not go down the Balzers path. We covered that <laughs> last year. That was <laughs> so
1: defensively. We brought in Oliver Ekman Larson, who came from Vancouver was bought out. We brought him in on a cheap deal. Hopefully, he can have a resurgence. Kirby, a guy you're very high on, Nico Mikula. Big, yep. big boy. I know, Ryan, you talked about his block shots. Dmitry Kulikov, my boy, Dmitry yep. Kulikov. Hey, uh, I'm
3: with you there, David. I'm with you there, and I think bro. I'm on to
1: too. I wore my Kulikov jersey to that preseason game, sent it to his wife. Ryan might not like that, but I sent that over to him. She liked it. But our pickup. <laughs> and Mike Riley, who came from Boston. So we added a few pieces there. I might be forgetting one or, or another, but that's what I've got on my notes. Um, we did lose Radko Gudis. Sorry for Lex, who's listening. Radko Gudis got paid with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, we still have Josh Mahura, Gustav Forzing, who we mentioned, Aaron Eckblad, and Brandon Montour will be on IR to start the season.
3: Casey Fitzgerald's in the mix. Casey Fitzgerald,
1: Matt, Matt Kirsted, Lucas Carlson, who went, uh on, him. currently on waiver. So potentially, you know, at the time of this recording, he's still technically on the Panthers, but we never know in the morning what happens. Um, so we'll talk about the defensive depth, guys. Uh, we talked about Elver ekman Larson at the beginning, just how he brings an offensive side of the game. We haven't seen much of that since he was in Arizona. Real stinky in Vancouver. So, uh, Brian, we'll start with you, OEL, maybe on that first PP1. Maybe have a little bit of a of a resurgence until Montour's back. What do you think? Well, based on those workout
2: videos I saw from Montour, if he's you know <laughs> pushing the weight above his head, I mean – he could be back, you know, I, I think he should be back opening night, honestly, based on those videos. But if he's if Montour is missing, you know, two months, I I see a pretty good year for OEL. I mean, we'll, we'll get it. I'm not going to say the points or whatever, because I know that's in our little thing later for our over under. Mm-hmm. But I think I think he'll have a bounce back year. I mean, he I think he's in a good spot for him. I mean, he needs to have a great year on, on a one year or is it one year or two? Just one, right?
1: Yeah. One. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think. I think he's going to have a really good season, especially
3: getting on the PP one. So bounce back for him. Okay. I'd love to hear from Armando's pairings, David, and then kind of, yeah, kind of go off of what uh, Armando has for us there. Okay. Cause yeah, best we can do is just guesstimate. And, you know, Armando's got some insight on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, what what a way for OEL to start off the preseason in the first game, getting three three assists, mm-hmm. and the way he's able to thread the needle on stretch passes in the, in the in the neutral zone as well, especially that goal to Luce Durainen uh, in 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 the double header versus Nashville, and think about what OEL has been through the last few seasons, a team that's a team in Arizona that is there's so much turmoil with them moving the, and and all uh, and and then having to go to Vancouver, who had a GM and coach fired um, at the same time, brought in um, another coach as well. Their, their 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 GM their excuse me president of hockey operations in Jim Rutherford is speaking to the media, not not necessarily denying that they're talking to another coach as well. And then that whole situation is just a whole mess as far as as far as everything in Vancouver. Yeah, I know. I I know analytically. Whenever a team is bad, when a team is like not good, it reflects bad on everyone. But look at what happened with Sam Bennett and Brandon Montour when they had bad analytics and then they came to the Panthers. Everything turned around for them as far as being in a better situation. And it could be the very same thing for Oliver ekman Larson as, as well. I mean, yeah, it's been a long time since he've, he's had an extended playoff run. I mean... 11 years it's going to be 11 years for him 12 well 12 actually um since the the Phoenix Coyotes made it to the Western Conference final before losing to Los Angeles Kings but i mean a former captain leadership in the locker room has a chip on his shoulder because he'll want, even though he's still getting paid by Arizona and Vancouver from his buyout he's going to want uh he's going to want a deal after this year with the salary cap going up um, at least the projection is 4.5 million for yeah. it so there's, there's something to, to prove there for all recommend Larson, him being on power play one, him being on that top pair with Gus Forzing, as far as like what we've seen from training camp, I think, I think it's a good situation for him to, to have po- possibly not necessarily his best season yet, but um somewhere along those lines.
3: Yeah. yeah not much to add from Armando and Ryan there. Um, Just be curious to see what he plays with on likely a first pairing. And then when you get Montour and Ekblad back, you kind of slot everyone appropriately in. And again, if Kulikov and OEL are our veteran guys back there, I think that's just an upgrade on what we had last year and Mark stall. And like Armando mentioned to us kind of off the air, there's, wasn't a lot of cap flexibility last year to do anything, especially on the back end. We were just running six guys out there and we were lucky enough to keep a lot of those guys healthy. So I think if OEL, I've said this on spaces, if he can be the great substitute teacher for one or two months running that power play, then we get Montour back. We'll be good to go. So yeah. Like the move, uh, low, ri- low risk, medium reward, I would call it. Um, and like Armando said, our team doesn't really utilize that stretch pass. And OEL, that pass that he made to Lusto in in preseason, that was awesome because I think he'll be able to um, kind of stretch out um, teams and we'll be able to use our speed on those outlet looks from Ekman Larson. If he just is steady in his own end, he doesn't have to be anything spectacular. If he's just steady, um, it's a big addition here for the Panthers, especially to start the season.
1: Well, I just love what Zero did. You know, we talked about last offseason just how – this offseason was going to be critical for Zito as far as having some money and what he was able to do. Obviously, he went in, He got a little bump on the road with Montour and Ekblad, you know, being out for an extended period of time. But I love what he did. He created a competition within the team with these guys like OEL, Dimitri Kulovkov, uh, even Josh Mahuro. You can throw in the list. He's got one year left. He's going to be, you know, he's going to need to step up his game if he wants to get another deal. Mike Riley looking for a resurgence. So once Brandon Montour and Aaron Eckblad are ready to go, it's about who performed the best while they were gone. And it creates that internal competition from the beginning. Listen, I've got Montour on my back that's going to be coming back real soon. I've got to play better in Dimitri Kulikov or Josh Mahura. Uh, I know Aaron Eckblad is the 1A horse when he's healthy, supposedly when he comes back. You know, OBL, I've got to play better to keep my spot, maybe to be on that second power play over Aaron neck. But so I just love the competition that Zito created in this offseason, knowing the hurdles he had to overcome in the first uh, couple months of the season. So I'm excited to see what happens. I know Nico Mikula is a bigger stay at home guy, he won't get you more than four or go five goals a game or a year. So uh, really help that kind of Mark stall point of view where he's younger in the legs but big he still has that big frame and uh you expect him to log in quite a few minutes played pretty well in new in new york so really excited for Mikula ryan i i know you missed my boy kulakov he's back he's in south florida he loves south florida so i i, I know i've got an over under on Cooley later but I, I'm, I'm 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 excited for Cooley. i know you are I, he's, he's your i boy. mean yeah
2: i was a big Cooley fan i I thought he was so good when he was, you know, one of the better players on our team way back when I thought he was like, you know, an all-star, but yeah, I mean, I have, I honestly have not watched that guy play hockey and <laughs> God knows how, how long, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for my boy Cooley. He's he bad.
3: Yeah. And I kind of wanted Armando kind of to break into our defensive parents here. I know it could be kind of tough to, to figure out, but kind of what do you, how do you see this playing out Armando? Cause we have so many left-handed D and, very few right-handed D, while Montour and Eckblad are out of the lineups, especially at the NHL level. What it's looking like right now.
0: Yeah, and we 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 knew even before the preseason started that top pair on paper was always going to be uh, Forsling and OEL to start the year, but it was always going to be one. The question was always going to be. What do the what do the what do the bottom two pairs look like? And lot the the latest training camp practice actually had, I believe, uh, Mikula and Kulikov on the on on the on the on the second, and with 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 uh, with Mahura and and Riley on the third. And you know, Mike Riley played ten games for the Boston Bruins last year, was bought out as well, just like Oliver Ekman Larson, and. Dimitri Kulikov, he's a little older. Play, has played fourteen seasons, so I think if there's anyone who possibly has a chip on his shoulder, as great as a story it is, it is for Dimitri Kulikov to be back, he might have he he might have the most pressure as far as guys to to remain with the roster. But there's also this factor. Paul Maurice knows him. He's played under yeah. him, and it. if Paul Maurice loves the guy, it's really hard for him to scratch you and and all. So. So that that might be that might be a factor of of Kulikov not having to go through waivers when when uh when Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad come come back as as well, and let's doing the math a little bit on on Cat Friendly's armchair GM um feature uh before we we came on and if the assuming the Panthers carry only two goalies you could still have. Fourteen uh, defensemen and and um, excuse me, fourteen forwards and seven defensemen as well. So likely, likely gonna, likely gonna switch Kulikov and Riley in in and out. Um, assuming that, assuming that one of them comes back earlier. But as far as the the last last guy, as far while Aaron Eckblad and uh, Montour are out, I think it's likely gonna be F- Casey Fitzgerald because he's the only of the of the guys remaining. Mm-hmm. he's the, he's really the only guy who's uh who's a uh, who's a right-handed shot as, as far as that too and and okay. this is this team is full of, of the left-handed shots teams are go- guys who are going to be playing on their offside and i was talking more about how difficult it is for a left-handed shot to play on the right side especially if they're towards the board and you have to try to backhand it back up to your forward so you have to rely on your other teammate in order to circle it back possibly off the boards and back to someone near the near the trapezoid or near the circles in your own end, that's going to be a little tougher, and, but Dmitry Kulikov, he's used to playing on, on his offside. He did it in Winnipeg. Palmer spoke about it more um, a right. few weeks ago about that. It's not something that he's not used to.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys touched it on, on a little bit there as well. Forzing at the start, you know, going to have to play those big minutes. Uh, like like you said, Armando, he's not getting paid to be that big minute guy, but you know, injury after injury, Eckblad going down, Montour going down, you know, he's had to elevate Weger being traded. He's had to elevate to the, a higher, um, kind of responsibility that he was initially brought for. And yeah, there's obviously a lot of criticism on his defensive end of the puck, but again, a guy that's produced 40 back-to-back 40 point seasons as a defenseman for the Florida Panthers is pretty much unheard of besides Aaron Ekblad in the past, you know, decade. And, and, um, uh, Yandel. So for for Gustav Forsling to be consistent as he's been the last few years, offensively is is obviously promising and he can help you on that PP2 if needed as well. Um, so we're going to see that responsibility and probably a big spotlight on him as well, knowing that he's pretty much the only real top four guy that's in the lineup right now from from a Stanley Cup run, which is crazy to, to think. Right. So Forzling, i i don't know if kirby i you know i know uh armando hit you with the nail on the head at the start i don't know if you want a quick little rebuttal before we go to our commercial break if you have any heat heat to throw at armando's way
3: no no i i i respect everyone that has the Forzling takes and and i and i'm seeing that like what armando's saying they're only going to bring back one or two but you said only foresling you didn't even mention monteur's name in there he put up 37 points two years ago and 73 last year so Right. I don't know that. And that was 37 points with a guy with brunette that wasn't playing him at right. all either. So, Forsling has been given more opportunity through injuries, David, or through luck or happenstance, or whatever, Then Montour has even been given over the last few years. So, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be interesting to see what Forsling does. And the thing is, we're going to find out Armando with Forsling. If he is like a number one or a number two, he will show it for sure in this month or two. And you're not even saying that he is, but that's going to get him paid. And then if he goes to the other extreme where he's not decent, he's just bad. Like that's where the organization is going to look at him, like, we're bringing this guy back. So like the rubber meets the road right now for Gustav Forsling. So Cody, my co-host Cody, my co-host Lex, um, Vincent isn't big on him. Uh, Nick's not big on him. We've all said we'd like to be proven wrong on this with Gustav Forsling, but we're going to find out here in the next month or two, what type of player he is, you know?
1: Yeah, really excited for what Forsling's got to bring to the table. I know, Ryan, you and I are on the Forsling train. We're pumping him, hoping. We're wishing him well. Obviously, you know, he's a Panther, and we wish him well. And and I know there's a little bit of criticism, but we're excited for him. And anything else, Ryan, before we wrap what, up the D? What was that award, uh, Forsling? Oh, Forsling yeah, yeah, team? Uh, Sportsman of the year, I think, yeah, right? Monday he won. Like he made hardest background? working team, play, Wasn't he,
3: like, hardest working teammate or something?
0: Oh, don't know that one, though. It you was know. something like
1: that. These but guys always hanging off them.
3: awards, Armando, that I don't even know. They mentioned these awards. Too. I, I mean, the, the Panthers account posted yeah, it. Yeah, they and posted it. it. And yeah. if,
2: if Kirby's you space- You guys think I pay attention
3: to all that? Oh,
1: please. Armando's- <laughs> like if, it was if it was Montor, it, it would be pinned to the Discord. It would be on the-, it oh, would oh, be the If I pinned it to the Discord, I would
3: never hear the end of that. If
1: Kirby
2: space's crew doesn't like Forsling, I don't know if that's a spaces, you know, that people should be listening to. Oh,
3: Armando, two years ago, I was the Uyghur Midler had people that hated Uyghur people that loved him. I had to like I had to like put out all these fires all over the place I think that's a part of the Panther fan base Armando I always say our fan base is which we haven't got to yet is very hard on our goaltending I don't even know if David has it on the script we always skip goaltending I got our
2: our
3: our Panther fan base is really hard on goaltenders but they're also hard on that one defenseman that whipping boy right so last year it was Ekblad two years ago it was Uyghur so Got to see who it's going to be, you know, out of camp here because we've got injuries, and you know, the fans are. You're going to see Armando. You're going to see if Forsyth <laughs> could be near the top of that list. There's no Actblad to blame as his partner. There's no Uyghur anymore, oh, so yeah, it's it. going to be someone. We're going to see who it is.
0: I can't even imagine what your game two of, of round two during the Presidents' Trophy winning season was mm-hmm. against was Tampa there. when Ross David Colton was
3: hosting. That was, or, David was hosting those ones two years ago. Oh yeah, you we were there. I I know we'll get spaces back real soon. It was not a fun
0: post game show for me and uh, Nick Fairbanks on that night.
3: No, that was not a fun series at all, Armando. Even the Washington one was, was a struggle. If you remember that, we were post away, but yeah.
1: So that wraps up our defensive uh, point of view for us. I mean, as of the injuries, I still wouldn't put us in the top three defensively in the Atlantic per se. Uh, We talked about that in the last two episodes. So Uh, After this quick commercial break, we'll be right back and talk about the goaltending, uh, coaching, sorry, and then we'll wrap up with our predictions and over-unders that we did last year, and we'll have Armando tied into that as well. So we'll be right back after this short commercial break. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on all the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this October. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It, all right, so jumping right into goaltending, Sergey Babrowski obviously at the top of the list. We know his, his, his heroics he had in the playoffs. As soon as he stepped in, he was the main man, probably the leader for the cons might with Kachuk going into the Stanley cup finals. So a bit of a bumpy road. We know that he had in the, in the regular season, in the over-unders, I got a good one for you guys to see if you guys uh, think Bobrovsky can keep a number above in the over-unders, but yeah, 50 games last year for Bobrovsky. We saw some inconsistency from him. We saw some illnesses from him. We saw a little bit of an injury as well from him. So it was a pretty much up and down season for Bobrovsky. And we know his contract. We know how much he costs. We we expect him to be that Vesden type of goalie that we've been dreaming for him to have. And what better time for him to do that than in game four or game five of that Boston series where he turned the strip 180 degrees, turned into the Bobrovsky of old, led us all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And can that carry into this regular season? We're hoping so. Another year of Bobrovsky. Now in his fifth year as a Florida Panther. Um, yeah, I could say really it's been an up and down, you know, Bob show, we could call it for the past five years. A lot of Bob fans, a lot of Bob haters, um, but he's been there. He's been there through thick and thin now and he's going into his fifth season um, and we're excited. I'm excited for Bobrovsky, Ryan. I know we'll talk about Bobrovsky uh, before we talk about Knight and Stolars, but a little bit on Bobrovsky from your point of view, my friend i mean i'm i wouldn't bet against bob after the run he had
2: uh, we'll get into his save percentage number i like that number that you gave mm-hmm. it's a very close one It's spicy it is i i would i would say so i mean he's done that he's done that number six time over six times in his career and under
1: four probably, probably never with us <laughs> maybe once uh, in the present. Yeah, one,
2: one time in president's <laughs> trophy um He's definitely going to have a better um, season statistically. There's no doubt about it. You know, 901 yeah. in the regular season, that's not happening again with this team. Um, okay. Yeah, I just see Bob just, you know, returning back to what he was maybe in Columbus, but not, you know, I'm not going to say as good. I'm not going to say as good, but I think he's going to have, you know, he's going to have probably the second best season he's had regular season as a Florida Panther.
1: Okay. Okay. A lot um, of high hopes on Bob.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy when you think of the 901 save percentage that Bobrovsky had uh, last, uh, last season. And just looking numbers wise. And when you think about the number, the num that number, it's very close to what ha- happened in his first season, but the defense core was a lot different back, back then and faced a lot more shots as as, as well. And when it comes to Brabrowski, every single time there was a threat of his position being taken away, he's always responded. I mean, yep. Spencer Knight coming into the mix in 2020, 2021, and before when they lose that series in six games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. What happens in the very next season? 2.67 goals against average. And it was the least of the Panthers problems in the 2022 season where the Panthers go one for 31 on the power play and illness out of his control with what happened after the, uh, the game against Ottawa. And then the Panthers go six, one and one after, and then what happened even earlier in January, where he stretches what looked to be his groin in Montreal. It happened both scenario, both things happened to happen, happened to be during Canadian trips, Eastern Canadian trips when Bobrovsky went down. Mm -hmm. So, so a little bit of coincidence there, but, Again, every time there was a there is a threat of his crease being taken away, he's come back. and this is a thing. Brorowski didn't have a good first game back in in game four in game uh, four against the Boston Bruins. And this is a guy who also gave up four goals before being pulled in game two of the Stanley Cup final and then nine goals in game in game five. And his save percentage was still at nine fifteen for that whole run. Just goes to show, I mean, I believe in the Eastern Conference Final it was like 962, something like that. Just incredible what what this guy did during 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 that run. And yeah, it's a short offseason. But let's not forget that when he first signed with the Florida Panthers, he was on social media quite a bit, and then he deleted it in order to be laser-focused on what the task at hand was for the Florida Panthers. And if you guys have watched the Quest of the Cup uh, series from ESPN+, Plus. Even when every everyone is like celebrating and the starting lineups and all that stuff, he's still in the background, just laying back nice. in his in his in his stall, he's just rushing. relaxing, locked in, and all that. And that's who Sergey Bobrovsky is and what he's been through because he wants that chance to to win the cup. And we were we were I was about to say last season if he won the con Smythe, and 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 he would and. I was going to say that he would be definitely on track for the Hall of Fame. And I still think there's a chance, by the way. Oh, yeah. But it would have solidified it if he won the consummate. But, hey, there's a chip on his shoulder because he's one year away from his no-move clause becoming a 16-team no-trade clause in the last two years. So Mm -hmm. there's a pressure to perform.
3: I I put that tweet out there last year, Armando. I think it was about middle of the season, and I asked the fan base, do you guys think Bobrovsky is you know, Hall of Fame worthy and kind of shared the numbers with his um, counterparts in this era and the past eras. And like you said, it's really close there in that run that he made to the playoffs. Too bad he couldn't cap it with the Stanley Cup and Conn Smythe trophy. Um, I haven't finished watching Quest for the Cup yet or the last few minutes of of Game 5 because, uh, you know, it's been hard, but I do have it on my docket to get through before the season here. And something I talk about on this podcast often, I don't want to get into Borowski's numbers a lot, guys, but I think it's all going to come down to what system is in front of him. Is it the Paul Mm -hmm. system of the regular season or the Paul system of the playoffs? And I think some of that playoff system can be played in the regular season for 82 games. We saw last year, Rako Gudis, Mark Stahl, guys that were not mobile defensemen following their man all the way out to the blue line. And there was all these two on ones in front of the net, people didn't know who they were supposed to pick up we failed to clear pucks we failed to outlet pucks we were very sloppy with our passing Mm -hmm. so if we can kind of incorporate that simple kind of playoff style in front of bob i know you can't play that level of intensity for 82 games but if we can play that defensive structure in front of bob like ryan was saying we're going to see his first or second best season as a panther with those numbers going up and i talk about this lastly on our podcast quite a bit. I say Alexander Barkov, Brandon Montour are two best conditioned athletes. You have to put Sergey Bobrovsky into that Armando with the mental preparation and the type of shape that guy is in. So I want to go to war with those type of guys. And I think Bobrovsky could be really primed for a great year if the structure and system is in front of him, because a goalie can't do it all himself.
1: Ryan, you remember when you text me um, in game four when Bobrovsky started?
3: Oh boy! Against Am Boston, get roasted
2: here. What did just just
1: go? Just, it I in. can't I can't repeat it for the for the 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 uh, on the airwaves because it has an explosive on it.
2: But I that that was so long ago. Was it bad or good or yeah, bad? Yeah, yeah.
1: You 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 said Maurice is uh something you first for putting Bob. You said something like that. So I'll just I, leave it at that. I, I don't. He's preaching I don't
3: amnesia. He's preaching amnesia. Armando, <laughs> me and David have been with Maurice all year from start to end. So is
1: Ryan? He just he, he, Ryan has been there too. He just trolling. just yeah. trolling. I just troll a little bit. You just oh. call him senile a few times. You'll know wow. when
2: I jump off of someone, Kirby. I was oh,
0: no. on the train. Okay. I was on the <laughs> train as
3: well.
1: Yeah. See, it's not, a, no one's perfect. It Kirby. was a rough
3: year for David. It was a rough year for you and I. Well, Man. you were, th- you were He's... in
1: therapy for the first five months. So you had to hear You had to hear it the whole time. <laughs> you did uh, too. Oh yeah. So Bobrovsky, we know is, you know, number one going into the season. We lost Alex Lyon, obviously a, uh, historic run he went on to get us even into that postseason to begin with so shout out to Alex Lyon I know he moved on to Detroit has a has a chance to get NHL money at a consistent basis now and compete for a backup job in in Detroit unless you know Huso slips up so all the west all the best to Lion. so in steps Anthony Solars uh kind of Interesting conversations we've had with Stolarz and the Spencer Knight situation where should Stolarz be the backup while Spencer Knights get reps in uh, the AHL or should Spencer Knight continue to be the backup and risk putting Stolarz through the waiver system and potentially losing him uh, to a team that might need a goalie aka maybe Tampa at this point so. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I really have no intel or I don't think anybody really knows exactly what's gonna happen. Maybe Armando does, but I like, would think I, I would think Spencer Knight probably goes to the HL. That would be my guess.
0: Only because of the waivers exemption that he would go. Right. However, if you put Anthony Stolarz on on waivers, something that Elliott Friedman spoke about on 32 Thoughts is how teams are strategic of when. To put guys on waivers, mm-hmm. and when the final cuts happen, when the, when you had to put your twenty three, there's going to be a long list of those guys to choose from, and it makes it even harder when when you have a big selection versus what mm-hmm. what teams are doing right now as far as the latest waivers. I mean, the Panthers put three guys on waivers on on Monday versus what's going to happen later on in the week. Your chances of losing Stolars is lower. Uh, when you put him on waivers later in the week versus now that's why he's still on the team if the Panthers do decide to bring Bobrovsky and Knight as the tandem
1: what do you think Ryan I know when I mentioned it to you a few episodes ago you're like Spencer Knight's got to be the number two uh, and I mentioned Stolars would probably start there so not sure what you think on night obviously back from the NHLPA's player assistant program uh, excited to have him back he's had a lot of reps in this preseason so a little bit of of, of Knight and stolars from you Ryan
2: I I think he starts up in the big show. I mean, you know, he's been playing a few preseason games. He's going to be practicing with them, obviously, you know. But he's not going to play the first. Well, I don't know when our first back to back is, but he's not going to play the first, you know, few games of the season. So I think he's going to be practicing, getting reps in. So I don't, I don't see any reason why he would go down to the HL. I think he's our our number two guy.
3: Okay, Kirby. I was big on Alex Lyon last year, as big as you can be for a third string guy. Stolarz, it's kind of a wait and see approach for me. What I've seen of him in the preseason, he's been really good. What I've seen of Spencer Knight in the preseason has been really good. So I'm going to play that same card with the Nick Cousins, Sam Eskevich front. And also the caveat that what Armando mentioned there, which I didn't know, if you wait a little bit longer, then try to place him through waivers, he won't get claimed. Because I don't want a team like Tampa Bay claiming Stolarz. Because right now, from what I've seen from him, small sample size, he looks really good, big goalie, capable, and makes our goaltending depth deeper where you're not depending on Guzda and other goalies down there, Weber or whatever other goalies are maybe down there, mm-hmm. Armando, or that might go to the ECHL. Um, you just got better organizational depth there, and I think with the Spencer Knight situation, you can't just rule out anything uh you can't rule out things going perfectly so right. i really want to hold on to Stolarz. i don't want to lose him through waivers and if spencer knight has to get a few starts david in the ahl to start so be it it's not a big issue with me mm-hmm. will we their, also not, oh sorry go ahead
0: their first back to back isn't until november 27th and 28th oh, in right. um Ottawa and Toronto um in late november so that will be their first back to back so if if Spencer Knight does is starting with the panthers you likely won't see him wait you won't see them wait that that long to get him in it'll probably be like one every five games something like that if that's the case but but armando's not enough
3: for the fan base one every five games we're gonna be like he should be taking the starting net right like david what do you say i'm saying
1: i i wouldn't want spencer Knight sitting on the bench every game i would want him playing at that point but again you risk. you need the reps yeah. You, he needs to, whether it's in the NHL or AHL, he has to, but we've had that conversation for several years now. And now we know that the money is there for Spencer Knight. He's not getting his, e, uh, his entry level anymore. He's at four and a half million. You're paying him to be a starter at that point, but we know that. Bobrovsky's- and would that
0: be more an incentive to have
1: him play? Exactly. For sure. But again, Bobrovsky's got 10 million on his head. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a bullet that, at the end of the day, no, I don't think anyone in the fan base is going to be 100% happy with what happens. Uh, whether Spencer Knight is maybe, you know, he maybe takes some reps from Bobrovsky at this point, maybe, but I mean, I think from what Bobrovsky did in the postseason, he's merited at least to have
3: 80% if he's feeling good and,
1: and healthy. So.
3: See? David, we've been optimistic about this Panthers team and what we have and all these options that we have, but it's a, a no-win situation when you look at the fan base and what the Panthers are going to do yeah. in net. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Gets the starts right. in the eight, people will be upset. Sitting on the bench, people will be upset. Both right. goalies splitting, Bob sitting on the bench. People are like, why are we sitting our 10 million goalie on the bench? So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you do in this situation. And with the night situation from last year and now coming back and kind of incorporating back into the team, it's it's a tricky situation. Then you add Stolars into the mix as well.
1: Yeah. What I like about both uh, just to wrap up here on the goaltending is from the outside, they both seem like really calm guys where they don't show too much emotion. If they let in three or four, they're not, you know, chirping or, you know, smacking sticks. They seem calm and collective and they seem like uh down to earth guys that, you know, the team can trust essentially is what I'm trying to say. So we've seen that from night and we've obviously seen it from Bobrovsky where they cope, both keep their calm and they know if they have a rough game, you know, tomorrow's a new day. So Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult problem we had to have, and we've known for the last three years and we've talked about it a lot, um, from the goaltending point of view. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. And we, we, every preview time we've had is it's always, uh, you know, the uncertainty to it. So last thing I guess we want to talk about here is coaching. Obviously last year, a lot of question marks on Paul Maurice and it wasn't at the beginning of the season. It was pretty much till 75% of the season of questioning on Paul Maurice. So second season behind the bench, we know he replaced interim head coach Andrew Burnett. Uh, I think a lot of minds were changed during that postseason run on Paul Maurice. Just now a little bit more cameras inside of that locker room, seeing how he speaks to the team and how the team responds to his presence and just, you know, that experience that he had compared to maybe not seeing that in the post game interviews that Bally Sports would have where he would kind of be like, well, we didn't have Barkov today. So that's probably why we lost or uh, this guy's sick or, you know, the referee. So I don't know. I think I know Ryan, Kirby, Armando. I think we were all very critical on Maurice some more than others. But I think Ryan, Kirby, Armando, we could say he's probably the guy we would want right now. To probably turn the team where we want him to go, I I think we can agree, Ryan. Maybe on Ma- on Maurice. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, no one. I mean, that does happen, but no one's getting fired after uh taking yeah, a, sure. that team from you know the last seed to the Stanley Cup
1: on that you know historical run. So I'm all in on Maurice. Yeah, and we know that he's had he probably had some fingerprints on these additions, like we talked about Kulikov and stuff like that. Guys that he has now in his system that he wants to implement um that he could bring in and and, you know probably fit a system better right ryan
2: yeah i mean so you're saying he's like a bill belichick now
3: (laughs) i guess i mean not not that far yet bill (laughs) belichick should retire after what happened on oh no i shouldn't
2: have we're not getting
3: we help you guys out with brady we're not talking
1: cowboys (laughs) he wants to real quick on maurice from kirby and
3: and armando i just want to go to armando armando i hear it all the time on spaces oh my goodness Paul Maurice therapy, so a lot of my co-hosts have turned around like two of them wanted him canned and fired and they're like, oh, I kind of believe in Maurice's system now and I trust in his belief. I've even said Armando, I don't think he's going to have as flashy post-game press conferences after regular season games as some of the fan base thinks they're going to see now because after the playoffs, he knows when to turn it up a bit. Whether people said don't agree with him or not because they say he's a career loser and he's never won a cup and all that stuff, whatever. But I I think he's going to go back into certain form of what David was saying there that's going to upset some fans at times. But it's like got to trust the process. He did wait till this 22nd, 23rd hour last year. I did count them out after that Philadelphia Flyers loss, I think, on the road. That was the point where Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I don't know if this playoff thing is going to happen. But, you Mm -hmm. know, from fans wanting him fired two months into the season to the midway point even to if we get in the playoffs and lose to the Boston Bruins. I I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on Paul Maurice and kind of what do you envision this season ahead?
0: Yeah. And let's also go back to that game against the Philadelphia Flyers where the Panthers were possessing the puck, most of it, but it was just itty bitty mistakes that cost the Panthers really that game. Um, and it was on the second end of a back-to-back after a big win against in Detroit, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that in, in that part of the season. And yeah, Paul Maurice has a way with words with the media. He, he he has that. He has a persona when it comes to speaking, he's going to speak a certain way to us versus how he speaks to his guys in the locker room. So sometimes we do in fact need to take that with a grain of salt and yeah, the narrative out there is, Oh, but if Chicago didn't, was, didn't, didn't beat Pittsburgh, yada, 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 but they did it. So, so, so that, that, that you got to count your lucky stars as far as that. But also you gotta you gotta also consider the fact that when a guy has been in the league for multiple decades, even one Stanley Cup run, a Western Conference final with the Winnipeg Jets, uh back, I believe it was 2017, 2018, excuse me. They lost the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh you also gotta think about what the conversations are between players when they come to Florida. Hey, how does he how does he how does he talk to you guys? How does he how does he deal with adversity when the team is losing behind closed doors? And those are things that are said through text messages as well, phone calls, and and all. And you know, even Paul Maurice after, after the Stanley Cup run, he he uh, he spoke about how those those guys just had fun, not just playing um, playing with each other, but what they did off the ice as well about the the camaraderie that comes with with, with, with the team as well. And I think that's really huge. Whenever you have a team, a a coach coming into the mix and think about it like this, were you really going to risk bringing back Andrew Burnett, who didn't really have the experience and everything fell flat in the playoffs or a team that is a team you have right here. That is ready to bring Lord Stanley's cup for the first time to sunrise Florida and and experiment with the young guy versus bringing in the experienced guy. Yeah, most regular season losses in NHL history. But how do you get to those regular season losses? You coach a whole bunch of years. It's like Kobe Bryant missing all the most amount of shots in NBA history. <laughs> why? Because he gets the damn ball. All the like.
3: I used to get on Kobe for that, but I didn't get on. Yeah, Tom so, but
0: long. there's a reason why for 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 that. So there there's there's a reason there's there's a reason so. With, with what Bill Zito has built this team for what Palm has done as far as not only the X's and O's of what he's drawn up, but what he possibly discusses in between practices on what do you want to see more? How do you, how do you, how, how to, how, and how he talks to people too, because listen, we saw on the bench during that Epic rant of how, of, if you read lips, you could tell that he is no BS neither. Okay. He he's probably he's probably gonna be no BS as well, uh when when we don't have when we don't see him around the cameras. And you the players can either take it or they can or they can or they can run with or they can run with it as as well when it comes to that. And bring in bring in a guy, hey, the Stanley Cup run proved that that it's a system that can't possibly work. Can it can they do it again?
1: That question mark is still out there. For sure. And Ryan, I wanted to talk a little bit about Armando mentioning Kobe Bryant missing the most shots. For those that live in Parkland, me and Ryan, we played at Terramar for years. So I think, Ryan, you've got the most missed shots in Terramar history, if I remember (laughs) correct. Only
2: like they like they said, only because I've taken more shots than anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) You you might be up
1: there. You might be up there in the most makes as well, but. Most misses as well in Teramore Park history.
2: You seem to miss the net in big R- moments. Armando, <laughs> we don't want to
3: get into we don't want to get into with Ryan the Ryder Cup. Ryan probably lost some money there, but Ryan doesn't believe I hit a. Wow, nine wow, line. this is sick! Kirby. Right. My hard-earned money. money. You're you're make one time. Opinion. You call me a liar? I have witnesses. <laughs> you call my buddy from Ohio. He was there.
0: Uh, it, it's hard to hate Victor Hovland. He's he's such a likable player, and John Rom.
3: I don't want to get you guys on that. That was a rough week for
2: Armando and Ryan. And Hovland's the hottest golfer in the world, you know, right now. Ryan, so.
3: we were supposed to make a bet on that Ryder Cup, but you were so busy with moving or something. Good thing uh, we did, and I made one on the book, but I'm good. <laughs> glad I didn't make two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so kind of, that kind of wraps up as far as you could go from offense to defense to goaltending to coaching. Uh, I think we could possibly do – we couldn't do any better. So I guess to wrap this up is before we get into our over-unders, guys predictions i mean we're panther fans through and through i mean we know how the season started last year and how it went through i'm hoping it doesn't kind of at least the regular season doesn't start out the same way where we're struggling and struggling into christmas and we can't enjoy our thanksgiving dinner ryan because we know the cats are are losing big time (laughs) so so ryan we'll start with you points playoffs
2: all right. How does the season end for the Panthers? I'm gonna stick us. Oh. I'm gonna stick us right on 100 points this year. Playoffs.
1: Okay. And what happens after that when we make the playoffs?
2: Oh, geez. All right. Um. Again, you don't have to say it if we want to stop. save it for future episodes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Um, but that means you guys all have to make a guess too, because Kirby, oh, you know, Lord. plays it safe. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna say second round exit.
1: Okay, second round exit. Armando will go to you next if you want to share or save it you for your show. Ninety
0: nine points, second in the division behind Toronto. Okay, I agree. think I think we could see the very first victory for the Florida Panthers over the Tampa Bay Lightning in a playoff series.
1: <laughs> so they the third seed. Well,
0: wow. no, 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 the, the, yeah, second and third will be Tampa, Florida,
1: yeah, okay,
2: and then second round,
0: and then second round
1: it would probably the Leafs again,
0: but <laughs> I oh. think, I think, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs could oh. possibly beat Florida. Right, so- oh,
3: no, Armando. Oh. But- Armando's so but- optimistic. Armando's like, optimistic let him go, Kirby, let him go.
0: But the Toronto Maple Leafs will lose in the conference final to the Carolina Hurricanes,
3: yeah, okay, that's.
1: All right, so Ryan and Armando seem to be on the same page. Yeah. Kirby,
3: remember David hit on this last year with the Panthers? I did. Yep. I want to add before my prediction. <laughs> David got upset at me last year on Spaces when I said the Panthers were going to start out like 5 and 4, so 5 4 and 1 or something like that and it was right around there. You got so upset. I'm Herb like, "Come on guys, like it's a new system, new coach, right?" <laughs> um, David, you've already heard my projections kind of on Spaces, but um I have to make an edit with Tampa Bay now with Vasilevsky. Armando still has Tampa in third. I do not anymore. I think they drop down to the wild card line or out of the playoffs because Whoa. I, I'm oh. not banking. I'm not banking on Vasilevsky being back at that two month timeline mark. And he, if he is, he better be back at that point because if it's any longer than two months, I think they're going to be in trouble. Whatever goalie they end up getting on the waiver wire, but I have the Panthers at 98 points. I think David. I've had that for the last three weeks, month. Uh, okay. You you posted something from the Athletic today that had them right around that 98 99 mark. So. I'm sticking to that. I'm very stringent okay. on giving them any extra points there, but I'm gonna bump Florida up to two now, David, because I originally had Toronto, Tampa, Florida. I've got Tampa dropping all the way out. My new top wow. three is um Toronto, Florida two, Ottawa three. So we would play Ottawa in the first round, beat okay. them, play Toronto in the second round, beat them yet again. <laughs> I can't go against that, you know. Okay. I-, I hit that on the money, and then the third round, I'm kind of with Armando. There's no New Jersey Devils going on along playoff run. Everyone's got to relax on the New Jersey Devils hype. We're going to play the Carolina Hurricanes, and I think they catch us this time in the conference final. So So you're going with of,
1: what I said last year, Kirby.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's what you did say. Remember you and I were on Carolina and Colorado to be in the cup mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. And but you you had Florida going that far. I think me and Ryan had panthers out in the first or second round i believe so yeah i think i think the path is there now with the Vasilevsky oh. injury we don't have to likely play in my opinion toronto and tampa david okay. so if we play like a young team like buffalo or ottawa in that three spot okay. uh, whether the panthers are two or three i think that situates really well
1: okay. all right so ryan's got 100 even armando's 99 and kirby is 98
3: but an up arrow an up arrow with the Vasilevsky injury
1: all right well I think from what I sent you guys earlier, I'm pretty sure I had the Panthers at 102. So I'm going to be a little bit above you guys at around 102, but I still think, like you guys have said, Toronto, I don't know, bro. I just feel like Toronto, one year something great happens, and the next year they take another step back. But I don't know. I still think Toronto will win, like you guys said, but not by a lot. I think by maybe 105, 106, Panthers get the second spot. I guess I'm with Armando here as well, that where we play Toronto in this in the first round. I still have us I gotta have us in the second round. You can't you can't have that, you know, go backwards. So 102, make it to the second round. I guess Toronto. I no Toronto gets upset
3: by a wild card yes. team. Yes, I think that can happen. Like Good Buffalo thing. or Ottawa. Toronto oh, gets, no shot. Toronto nope. gets up. Nope. Hold on. No sabres,
1: Ryan. No, 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 no sabres. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh god, no. The Pittsburgh or Penguins or the Rangers. Upset. They had they're in that wild card spot. I think the Metro is very competitive. My boy. Oh, Armando, he has an angle with the Penguins. My boy Penguins. Carlson. All right. Oh, Second goodness. round. Penguins, Panthers. Panthers have home ice, right? So Panthers take it. We go to the conference final. Not against the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. Cool. Not against the Carolina oh, Hurricanes. There I mean, we go. The, I know, the, I know who it is. The New Jersey Devils take <laughs> a step forward. And we oh, play man. the New Jersey Devils in the conference finals, and I'll 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 leave that to be determined is what happens. So it's to be too top
0: heavy. It's too top heavy for my liking for them to make a run. Predictions
1: are predictions. Are Carolina is the best team in the East? So I. I think that's So Dave is not
3: with Carolina this year. When he was on it last, I'm final. still
1: with. I'm. They'll still be in there. They'll still be in there. Ryan,
3: do you have Carolina in the conference final?
1: Yes. All three of you do. Yes, hundred percent. And going to the Cup, Ryan um all three of you do the panthers probably probably i think panthers new jersey in the eastern conference finals and
3: Uh, uh, armando you agree going back to the coach front the one series that paul Maurice didn't out coach someone well not minus the stanley cup final but in the eastern conference was the brindamore series i kind of call that a wash you know
0: i mean yeah i mean it was just that close and one bad balance or one way or the other it was basically equal i know rod brindamore said they didn't get swept but mm-hmm. there was a little bit of i i get the reasoning why despite i would i would have just used different words if He's i were brindamore loser. in that in that well, armando today and what,
3: up, here in, up here in canada up here in canada the Maple police are, are like we play that series with Florida. We beat them eight times out of 10 and they play that with Boston. Another, They lose 10 times out of 10. No respect for the Panthers still. It's unbelievable.
1: Hey, Penguins, Kirby. Penguins, that's all I'm going to say.
3: I'll be on there. I'll, 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 I'll bet money with David on that one. David can have the penguins Only if
1: it's only if it's an American dollar scurvy.
3: David, David will kick me off the podcast if I give Money Montour the higher ranking than Eric Carlson, that series, the five players to watch. I did that you with Charlie Matt. I need that. You know how that life. turned out. I need Charlie that to happen. He's crying. He's <laughs> crying after.
1: All right. So that's our predictions. I know mine is probably the boldest, but hey, last year was the same thing. I had us in the Stanley Cup or in the Eastern Conference Finals, Going it happened. So hopefully it happens again um so yeah real quickly here before we wrap up i got a few over unders for you guys you guys let me know with a yes or no and then maybe a quick uh, rebuttal on each one so we'll go with ryan kirby armando in that order for every single one uh, david can oh, you wow. give us the
3: point can you give us the numbers from last year so we can be quick on it
1: the numbers from last year
3: yeah like where the guy was last year and what number you have them at For the i mean they're the
1: main players they're the main players we know where they were last year
2: you tweeted it you tweeted it today okay first one we got new
1: guys matthew kachuk had 40 goals in the regular season this year 45 goals for matthew kachuk or and 100 penalty minutes for matthew kachuk over under
2: oh pen it was penalty minutes
1: yeah p.i.m both
3: both
2: okay i i thought i saw something else okay um I will go under forty-five goals.
3: Okay. Ooh. What number, I mean, Ryan? What number? I'm not
2: saying. I'm not saying. You know, by a lot. I'll go forty. Forty-two. Okay. okay. And penalty minutes over hundred. Penalty minutes. I'll go. I'll go under as well.
3: Okay, Kirby. Um, I'll just go over on the penalty minutes. He was at one twenty-three last year, yep. and I was surprised by Ryan's guesser. I have him under the number um between forty-two and forty-four goals. Okay, Armando.
0: I'm going to go under as well on the goals. There's, there will be three 40 goal scores on the Panthers, but none of them will be over 45. And as far as PIM, Matthew Kachuk has done it twice in the most recent season and in his very first season. But now that Matthew Kachuk is more on the scene, being in a, being in a bigger spotlight, people magazine, you name it. Mm -hmm. I think people are going to want to get more under his skin for sure. And, I mean, if anything happens as far as the three ten 10 10-minute misconducts in a two-game span, then that's really going to help help it mm. get, get there as far as early on in the season. But I don't anticipate that. But under on the goals, over on the PIM.
1: I jinxed Barkov last year. I'm not doing this to get shocked, so I'm going What under. did you say
2: with um, – what Would you quote? say, Bar- Barkov, last year? Remind um, us.
1: 50 goals last year. <clears throat> All
3: right. Oh, no, the whole quote. The whole quote. No,
1: Bar- Arger, Matthew Kachuk, under 45 goals. I still have him around 40. Penalty minutes, I think he'll be over. I still think he's got that dog in him. And Montour's not there to be with him, so he's going to have to step up his, his fighting game. Okay.
3: Yeah. Montour had over 100 penalty minutes. What are you saying for goals for Kachuk?
1: I'm going under. So right around you guys, 39, 40. Okay. Um, you're a
3: little lower. Okay.
1: Yeah. So all of us are under on the goals. Uh, okay. Barkov, uh, Ryan, 90 points and be a top selkie uh vote getter this season
2: okay so there's two ways to go with this i mean obviously he's over a point per game player it's just how many games will he stay healthy um and and then so i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say yes he he does it i think he's only done it one time right (laughs) i believe he's done a one time over 90 Mm -hmm. um So I think I'll, I'll say he stays healthy this year. That's all that matters. You just basically asked me, is he going to be healthy or not? And then, (laughs) um, yes, he's going to be in top five Selkie. That's the, that's probably the easiest one on this whole thing you asked.
3: Okay. Kirby. So Ryan's on the Barkoff train. That's the only one Ryan got wrong last year on the over-under was on the Barkoff goals. I believe it was. Yeah. Ryan won our over-under last year. Take this to the bank. Alexander Barkov will have his first 100-point season, Um, and he will definitely be in the top five Selkie. He won the Selkie three years ago. Two years ago, finished third. Last year, finished eighth. A little disrespectful, but he did miss games there, so sometimes that does hurt in the ballot box. But take the over. uh, Alexander Barkov's first 100-point season, and he should be nominated for the Selkie. He should finish top three.
0: Mm -hmm. For for me, it's funny because numbers-wise, Outside of the Selkie Trophy-winning season for Barkov, his face-off numbers were were, were bet were better in the in the season after. His giveaway to take his takeaway to giveaway ratio was better in the 2019 season. I actually wrote an article on whether Barkov is the new standard as far as best two-way forwards, and I think there's a really good argument for it as well. And also, what's really important, important, just like Ryan said, as far as health is important, but point pace is also important too oh. because look at 2021 58 points in 50 games in a in the 82 ga- game season that is a 95 point pace right 2022 67 games played he had 88 points that's a, that's a point pace of 107 in the President's trophy winning season and last year he had a 94 point pace so somewhere around there I'm going to take the over on that and top five. And like I said earlier, as far as what he's done in his two, as far as his two-way game, Patrice Bergeron's not in the mix anymore, being retired. He's over on both.
3: And that's a narrative. That's a narrative, Armando, that happens uh, with the beat writers. When a guy like Bergeron retires, they look to anoint the next guy. And and I think Barkov's going to be in that rotation every year from here on out.
1: Okay. I'm going to surprise you guys here. Okay. I'm gonna say push on Barkov. I'm gonna say okay. he gets right at ninety. Push. No, it. no, 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 push, push, no, no, no. That's what? hard what? to calculate. All right, eighty-nine <laughs> under. Eighty-nine okay. under for Barkov, but he's still in the top five for Selkyn. Oh, eighty-nine. Man, Armand. Uh,
3: uh, David's going away. I'm from doing, the, Barkov. Reverse. I'm from doing the
1: reverse. I'm doing the reverse jink this year. Don't worry. All right, uh, I
3: see what he's doing. <laughs> David, what does uh Mrs. Rodriguez say on
1: Barkov? I'll ask her. I'll ask her when we're done. <laughs> All right, carrying on here. Let's speed it up a little bit. Carter Verhage, 42 goals. All right, Carter Verhage. Um,
2: 24 two years ago, 42 last year. I'm gonna go under. I don't think, I don't think he hits 40 this year, Ooh. but I think he's in the very high 30s, like 38,
3: 39. Kirby? Oh, under. Oh, tough number, David. Tough number. I think under 38, 39. Is this a career year for Verhage? It could be but I'm not going to say it will be, but at 27, 42 goals, 73 points, maybe the best that we've seen for Verhagi. I know there's a lot of Verhagi love in the mm-hmm. Panthers community, but I'll go slight under to 42 is the number, right, David? Yep. That was what he uh, had this year. Maybe 39, 38. Okay. Armando?
0: Verhege is going to be one of the three 40 goal scorers on the Panthers this year, but it won't be 42. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's the thing. Verhage got more time on the power play this year, 90 90 more minutes than his previous best as far as that. 13 of those points uh, came on the power play, seven of those uh, goals, and with 17 minutes, 17 and a half minutes of time on ice. But the fact that he doesn't play on power play one often, that's going to hurt his chances for the over. So I'm going to go under.
1: I'm going to go with you guys as well under for Verhage. Forty-two goals. You got to be amongst the best, and like you said, power play times probably why. What you're number,
3: David? There. Ish. What number?
1: Same with you guys. I mean, maybe even a little bit of a dip with Evan Rodriguez getting a little bit more play off uh, on the power play. I'll say thirty-five for Verhage, which isn't bad. I mean, that's
3: that's what you, you took you want him in the, the, You took him in the. I know.
1: The- I took him in fantasy. I know he might be a little bit bait. All right, E. Two listed Ryan in forty-five points. He had a career year last year. Ryan, does he add to that? With forty-five points being on the Lundell and Reinhardt
2: uh, line, I think I said a couple episodes ago. I see him, you know, probably touching fifty. So I'm gonna go over. I think he keeps getting better and better every time he steps on the ice. So I'm gonna go over his total forty-five.
3: Okay,
1: over for Ryan on Lister, Ryan and Kirby.
3: Ooh, this is just really tight. It's almost like that right push-in that that David gave there. Um, so forty-three <laughs> points last year. Wow. That's so tight that number 45. Um, I'll go slightly over maybe 46, 47 points, but that's that's a real tight number. That's one of the tightest numbers that you give us here on the over under, David. Armando?
0: Yeah, uh career high and shooting percentage at twelve point nine percent and bigger role even from training camp last year. Paul Maurice was harping on he is a top nine player for 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 the Panthers. And I think he is going to get over 45 points because I think he'll have a lot of assists mm-hmm. to a guy who's going to have a breakout season in Mr. Lundell. So over on on uh on Duran and 45 points.
1: I think I'm going to surprise you guys with this one. I don't think he's going to get over 40. I think he had, to me, he had an elevated role last year with so many illnesses and injuries yep. He was playing because Lundell was sick for a while. Bennett was injured for a little bit. Uh, A couple of guys like Barkov was missing. So he he was playing at an elevated role that I hope, I don't think it's a bad thing for Lister Ryan to be under 40 because it's it's probably because we have, you know, guys that are healthy. So I'm going to say under just because I think his role will still be very important. I just don't think you'll have that, the big time on ice jump he had last year. So, not a bad thing, but I just, that's just my take. So I'm going to go under with Lister Ryan. Uh, yeah, I think that that's fair. If you, if you agree, uh, Lundell, uh, Armando just mentioned it, His breakout player for the Panthers. A lot of people have him as their breakout player for the Panthers. 50 points for Ryan. I think that's steep still for me. I don't know. Ryan, 50 points for Lundell.
2: I mean, that's, that is steep, but his rookie year, he had 44 points and only 65 games. I mean, last year, I would consider it a fluke. I mean, I think Lundell's a really good player. I think he showed in, especially in the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a you know one of the better series for our guys.
3: Probably top three, top five best player run right, in this. For Cup.
2: sure, yeah, for sure. So I I hope you know he keeps that going. I'm I'm gonna say over, but it, it's that's a good number. I, I'm gonna say 51.
3: Oh wow! Okay, Kirby. Um, I'm going to piggyback off of what Ryan just said, but also what Armando said. I think it's a return to a third-line dominance this year for the Panthers to be one of the top five, top six, top eight best third lines in hockey, like we saw with Mason Marchman. I love that line. Mm -hmm. Sam Reinhart and Lundell in his rookie year. So you're going to see, hopefully, Lusto. Lundell and Reinhardt on that third line, and it's from day one. Remember, they were playing around with Reinhardt last year, which maybe hurt Lundell's chemistry down there. And Lustorina was playing at a new position, so Lundell is the only guy playing at his current spot on that third line. So he really struggled last year in the regular season. But like Ryan said, I thought he was one of our top three, top five best players in the Stanley Cup final. Um, remember, guys, he's playing, which I think Armando is going to hit on. He is playing for a contract. I don't want the Panthers to sign him. They have the RFA rights. So the ball is in Zito's court, but I will take the slight over like 52, 53 points, because he does want to get paid um on a bridge type deal or maybe long term deal that Zito might be looking at. So I'll take the slight over on 50. Armando?
0: And and that's the reason to pay him now before before it all happens. And I mm. think I think there's a possibility that he could get uh 20 20 goals. Uh And, and, and all, and through two years, 80, 80, 82 point base, 82 game point pace is 45, slightly under, but you also got to think about the adjustments to a new system that if there's any player, any forward on the Panthers roster, who struggled to get used to Paul Maurice's system early on. It was Anton Lindell. And, and, you know, he's still in his development stage. I know the NHL isn't a developmental league. It's more the AHL and the ECHL and all. But now that he's got that that under him, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be very beneficial for him. So I think he's going to get 20 goals. And I think that the Panthers should pay him now uh, as far as before he commands something possibly higher
3: armando i want to roll the dice on that it's another thing we agree to disagree on but 52 55 ain't gonna do it he needs to get 60 65 then he'll get paid
1: fair enough all right 50 points he's gonna have to do it i think he gets it done right really close with you guys 52 53 the only thing that keeps him i think from being around 60 65 is sam bennett being on the second line he's he's just in front of him and probably gets more opportunity on the power play than lundell that does if he's healthy mm-hmm. so that Good just point. be my opinion there um okay evan rodriguez had a career year last year with nine or, i'm sorry he had 16 goals and 19 years or 19 goals the year before but he had 16 and 13 less games with the colorado avalanche so i have him at 18 goals this year ryan can he be a 20 goal scorer for the florida panthers evan rodriguez if if
2: he's on PP one, oh, yeah, of course. Like I, you guys said, he had six power play goals last year. Mm-hmm. I'd say if he gets if he gets eight, nine for us, yeah, he's easily easily over eighteen. I'll I'll take the over.
3: Kirby, um, to Brian's point, I'm gonna take double digit power play goals. Remember, Sam Reinhardt oh. has six. Power play goals the last two years. I'm going to take 10 plus power play goals for Rodriguez. I think this is one of the easiest ones on the board. Easily a 20 plus goal score was a 19 goal score in 82 games with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And like you mentioned, David, power play minutes matter and PP1 minutes matter in the Florida Panthers system. And if he keeps that job from day one and holds on to it, I see 10 plus power play goals close to maybe 25 goals. Okay. Armando?
0: Seven power play goals uh on uh on Pittsburgh in 2022, six last year with the uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. But like we, you said, top power play minute time time is going to really help him get to get to that number. So and like David said, 16, um 13 less games that Evan Rodriguez played uh, in Colorado last year. So
1: I'm going to hit the over i think i'm with you guys there as well 18 seems fine even even if he's not on pp1 he's still playing with Barkov as of right now and it's five on
3: five play david which he'll he'll be well yeah yeah
1: he'll he'll get at least 16 minutes on ice uh for sure so yep i'll go with you guys on rodriguez over 18 uh jumping to the defensive little bit of side here we've got gustav forsling Thirteen goals for Gustav Forsling. Ryan over under. Last year he had thirteen, right on the money, which was right a career high. Okay. Um,
2: I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. I I don't know. I know he he's he might get some some power play time while uh, Montour and Eckblad are out, but mm-hmm. I, I I I see him around 10, 10, 11 goals.
1: Okay, so similar to the season before. Yeah. Okay. Kirby.
3: So he has two career power play goals with the Panthers in three years. I don't think that's changing with OEL. Um, other options where David, you and I talked off air. Maybe the Panthers, if it doesn't work with OEL, they might run five forwards out there. So I don't think they're gonna go to Gustav necessarily as the second third option to run the power play. I think it would be a five forward look with Barkov at the top. So um I, I thought Ryan might take the over. I'm going to take the under there. And I just want to add something from one of my spaces, co-host Nick. He thinks the minute deployment with the lineup that we have without Montour and Eckblad will be a lot more balanced. So even though Gustav Forsling's are our status quo, number one with these injuries, I think the minutes are going to be more balanced five on five for the defense as well. Cause I think that's our defensive balance is a lot better than last year. Unfortunately, some people don't like to hear it, but with Rakko Gudas and then especially with Mark Stahl. Okay. So Ryan Kirby under Armando.
0: I also got under because when Brandon Montour and Aaron Eckblad come back, I think they're going to be one, two, as far as option. I'm. You said it earlier in the podcast, uh, David, that about Aaron Eckblad being on power play when he comes back. I'm not so sure about that oh, no, if, no. if he is, if he is going to be, but if Aaron Eckblad is on power play two, and, and, and same with OEL, Gus Forzing is probably the fourth option when it comes to power play. So the chances of him getting 13 goals, not too high for me. So I'm going to say under.
1: Okay, fair. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys there. I think I might have him around nine or 10 back to what he was doing in 21, 22. Um, So yeah, I agree with you guys for sure. Um, Okay, this one's a little bit of a funny one. (laughs) Nico Mikula, three goals this year, Ryan. Last year he had one. Oh no, yeah, one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he has five
2: career goals. Yeah. So I'm uh, just by default, I'm I'm taking the under there.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe one goal he'll get. Marks. How many did Marks Doll have last year? Like four. <laughs> <laughs> all right, three. for Ryan is under Kirby. Under.
3: So Ryan's not part of the Mikola minion. <laughs> Kirby, you're all about yeah. goals. He doesn't you're take all a about lot of shots. He shots. What do you say? Five goals in his career? He's going to double it this year. He's going to have five plus. I want everyone to go out there and look up Nico Mikola on YouTube, his goals. Some really? of those goals. He's not a goal scorer, but there's some pretty goals. He likes to activate into the rush. And we know how Bill Zito wants to fit, form this team. Four guys up in the rush. Even last year, heck with Gudis and Mark Stahl, we saw five guys up in the rush. Even when Mark Stahl and Rakogudis were out there on a pairing together, which they didn't play together a lot, Armando, they'd both be rushing up the ice. I'm like, what's going on here? So Nico Mikola, I think his skating's underrated. His finish ability is underrated. And he's going to be playing with good players around him. So I'm going to take the over on that. He could have five plus goals.
0: Yeah and only one season where he had three goals and that was in 2022 with the St. Louis Blues and all. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he had a goal the other night that was off a deflection uh in uh, in the game against uh Na- Nashville. So but I'm I can't see a scenario where he uh scores three goals but if he does it's going to be on those weird deflections off a, off an opposing player possibly that's going to get him to three goals but he's at stay as stay at home as 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 they come when it comes to when it comes to uh what his position is and what his role is supposed to be as a guy who's physicality and 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 all and laying the body and, and all that stuff responsible yeah. in their own zone battling in the corners in the panthers zone and all so i'm gonna go under
3: You're underselling him a bit, Armando. Remember, he played with Adam Fox. I think he's going to think, oh, I learned a few things from Adam Fox there. And I think he's going to jump up in the rush, and he's going to finish on a few opportunities. And that was three goals in 54 seasons, 54 games with um, the St. Louis Blues in 21 Mm -hmm. and 22
1: there. All right, Kirby, I'm going to go under here. I'm going to go with two. Sorry.
3: So I'm alone on an island. That's fine. That's fine.
1: I still think he's going to be good. Just don't need him to be scoring. Kachuk will steal him because you're going to be six inches from the going in. He's All a big right.
3: boy. There's going to be a lot of pucks going off of him. <laughs>
1: Brandon Montour. Obviously, you know, he's going to be on IR to start the season went from 73 points. Can he get to 40 Ryan? I
2: I think, uh I think our Montour lover should go first here.
1: Okay. He had 37 in a full year, the year before uh, you probably expect him to be around that 55, 60 games uh,
3: Kirby. Well,
1: that's based on the timeline. You still think he'll be around 82 oh. somehow.
3: Uh, not 82 (laughs) i think he'll be around 65 68 70 games i'm on the lower end to that like ryan uh, wants, ryan wants to throw him out there on opening night so if he's playing 60 he looks good Kirby. i know looks good 65 65 plus games games. what do you have him at 40 did you mean to put down 50 or 55 40 Kirby. easy one of the easiest ones on the board with erod right up there easy 50 55 points okay ryan
0: this this uh, is this is a it's funny because Bill Zito on media day said December fifteenth is the is the day yeah. for him and Ekblad, but then you see the videos online, which thankfully David has been able to repost. Thank thankfully when sometimes I'm not always on X or on Instagram, and then and I go in and I check David posted. I'm like, thank you, David, for for uh, promoting uh, content when I can't. So if he returns December 15th. That'll be 29 games into the season. And that, if he has the same exact point pace that he did last year, the remaining of the season, assuming he doesn't get injured, 48 points.
1: Oh, 48. Okay.
0: That would be 48. But you also got to consider what a guy coming off an injury. And I can't expect Montour to have that level of play immediately when he comes back. But I, I'm anticipating him to return earlier yeah. than December fifteenth. I'm gonna right, say Orlando.
3: that's right. Let time. everyone know that. Let everyone so know.
0: that that's my prediction. But I can't say I can't say for sure that it's gonna be right at that number. So I'm gonna say under.
1: Ooh, okay, Ryan. All right. Wonder. Okay,
2: so if if he comes back December fifteenth, I'm taking the under on the points. But if he, I I feel I feel like he's gonna come back like. Early mid November, then I'm gonna go over over. Right,
3: you can't middle it, David. He's got to pick one. No, listen, <laughs> right, I, I think I think
2: you know seeing those workout videos. If those are from you know before the injury or after, and he's just posting them, he <laughs> looks just like he's her. gonna be ready soon. So I'm gonna go over
3: over. Oh, that sounded that sounded with some doubt. So Armando's under. Remember, because we don't, I don't know when to... he's coming back, Kirby. That's all that that matters here. We didn't even have Montour on this last year. I was like, David, why is he not on this? We didn't no. even have him in this last year. But Armando, are you on the money Montour train or are you not?
0: I like. I like. I'm on the Brandon Montour train, but it's just with the injury. It's just I. I, I just Mon- don't know money, how. To, money Monteur. Money. Montour. I, I just don't know how to see it's his the game. Name of hey, his fantasy team. He. He is. He has skated in. He did skate in between sessions between the group A and group B. Him and Ekblad have. So that's a very encouraging sign.
1: Yeah, Maxim Ivanov, who's I think their um, strength and or their skating coach, he posted a video the other day as well with Montour uh, getting some reps in with with Barkov. So he looks ready to go. I mean, t- December fifteenth just seems hard to believe. I so, agree. Uh, I, I'm going to go be in with the over by
3: then if he's not back before then, David.
1: I'm going to go with the over. Um, I still think he'll carry on his successful uh, season from last year. So I'll go over with forty for sure with Montour uh oliver ekman larson quickly here 35 points last year he had 22 he hasn't hit 35 since 2018 2019 so that was the last real full season last time
2: he was pretty yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go over i think he'll have he'll have at least 30 assists i think he has a bounce back here i'll go i'll go over and he's gonna get a lot of power play time in the first, you know, two months. So, uh, over on that.
1: Hey okay, Kirby quickly. on our um, my question. I'm
3: not sold on this one way or another numbers at 35. It depends how long Montour and Eckblad are out and that's going to play into it. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe slight, it could be way under, but I'll go slightly over 36, 37, I guess. I don't feel confident on that one, but I'll go over
0: Armando. On all Larson. Uh, he's done it six times, but not in the last four seasons but he's in a better situation here in Florida, so over.
1: Okay, I'm going to stick with the under here. I still think he'll be around 32, 33. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I think he'll still be David, okay. why are you
3: the under? Can you hate unders?
1: I know, <laughs> bro, but under I'm under saying, I, 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 I mean, I still think he'll be fine. It's just I think he'll take a pretty big dip once Montour is back right on the power. Well, if
3: the unders hit, David, you're winning this year. Well, if We've the unders hit and
1: problem. the Panthers are in trouble, that's all I'm saying. okay Kulikov I've got him at four goals I don't think he's done that in a long time well I think he did it in Anaheim last year but he was at an he had three he had three I'm sorry seven so four for Kulikov I'm I'm
2: going under he's not a goal scorer simple as that Kirby
3: yeah he might get two goals in a game it's right on the number I'll go slightly under Armando
0: He's only done it three times in his career where he's had four. Uh, and he had seven in Minnesota two uh, two seasons ago. But I think that's maybe like a one-off. But I, like I said earlier in the show, with Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour coming back, we don't know if Dmitry Kulikov is going to be an everyday player right. as well. So I'm going to say under. Okay,
1: I'm going to go over with Kulikov. He'll have five. This guy. What, <laughs> what I need to pump up, I need to pump it up like Kirby does with Montour. <laughs> okay, Mackie Samuskevich. twenty more games this season.
2: This is the easiest one on the thing. I mean, we're not going to be playing Dennis Stinko for a lot, so over easily, right. I, he'll he'll be way over that.
1: Okay, twenty
3: games over Kirby. Oh, like the news today that of of this airing that he could make the lineup really gives me encouragement that um he's over here but um I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment either but I think he could hit that over 20 games played number um even if he gets called up two different times David so I'll okay. I'll take the over on 20 games played okay and go. that's where I'm
0: at uh Kirby it's going to be over but it's not going to be at the beginning of the season uh oh. I I think I think due to possibly what what like we spoke earlier about the the waiver situations versus guys who could be sent down immediately because you don't want to lose some guys and then coming in for injury situation Mackey's going to be one of the first guys called so I think he's going to spend 20 games uh at, at least play 20 games more so I'm going to take the over
1: okay i'm with you guys there i think it will be around 25 30 like you said multiple injuries could probably potentially happen and uh, if guys not doing well they can call him up so okay i'll go with over 20 for Mackey and then last one here we have for Bobrovsky. This is the one we said would probably be tight as can be. But quickly here, Bobrovsky over nine ten save percentage for the season, Ryan.
2: So I said what I said before, but I I have him finishing at
1: nine oh nine. So I'm gonna go under. <laughs> okay, nine oh nine for Ryan.
3: Yeah, I'll just be safe. Modern NHL. Up. Yeah, and even if the systems are good, like I was talking about earlier. Maybe we should hope for like a nine oh eight, nine oh nine. Anything above that will be a bonus. So I'll take the slight under. Okay, Armando.
0: I think with the Panthers' ability to score, I think you'll be satisfied. I think you'll be not satisfied, but content with a nine oh eight, nine oh nine. Uh, for for Sergey Bobrovsky. I I know it's not the. I know it's not like the the trading chances like 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 they had like they that had when the when he had a nine thirteen save percentage two seasons ago. Uh, when he won 39 games even though goalie wins are not a stat but i i don't know with like like the like the guy said scoring scoring is high in the nhl so it's really hard to envision 9 10 for circuit Bobrovsky's growing so i'm gonna say under
1: yeah that was as tight as can be i know he, he did it like the year before like you guys mentioned and then the year before that he did it every year except for one year while he was in columbus so yeah, we know those Columbus teams were just built very good defensively. So, I just still don't don't think the team in front of him. And like you guys said, just the the NHL nowadays is more scoring and more power play opportunities. So, I'm gonna have him a little bit under, like around 906, 907, which I still think is
3: is very comparable for what uh, he'll he'll be able to do. So, David, yeah, I'll that try, wraps up to... the over unders. Yeah, I'll try to record these and tweet it out like I did last year. So get okay. it out to everyone, unless you have it recorded. I don't know if you do there, but um, just wanted to add quickly here from my Spaces co They I threw some names at them and they gave me different names back, some that we didn't include on the over-under this year, like Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhart. We didn't include the Sams this year, which I believe we did last year. I was way over on Reinhart last year, which I that was my big L. But right. uh, one of my co-hosts, Lex, she has Kachuk at 115 points. She has Verhage at 75 points. Cody, my main co-host on Spaces, has E2 his boy at 40 points, and he has OEL at 35 plus points. Vince has um, Sam Reinhardt at 75 points and Anton Lundell at 50 points, and finally uh, Nick has Erod at 20 plus goals, so he's on that with me. My train of thought there, and Bennett at 50 plus points, which you know mm-hmm. that number was hard last year, where we kind of envisioned Bennett around that high 40s, yeah. low, or sorry, high 40s, low 50s. So. Yeah. He's That's going to be, have to be
1: healthy to get to that for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you Kirby for sharing those. And yeah, that wraps up our over unders boys. And I know it's been a long, long night and it's been a while since we recorded. So, you know, I figured, Hey, we need to make up for some time loss. And thank you Armando again for joining us. Uh, obviously great to have you on here and hopefully to have you back again one day soon and hopefully join you on one of your episodes as well. So Ryan, Kirk, or no, Armando. Before we, we you you leave, any any social medias or anything you want to plug before uh, we wrap up here, my friend?
0: Yeah, uh, like the like, I, I'm sure we have some a lot of people who have to um tuned in to your show have have also tuned into mine. But in case the the people who have not who are not familiar with the podcast, it's called the Locked On Panthers podcast. And like I said during my appearance on Panther Prairie during the playoffs. I emphasize the Florida really huge because when you type a Google search and it's something Panthers, it does the Florida Panthers is not the first thing that comes up. It's Carolina Panthers. So when I introduce <laughs> it, you'll hear Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, and that is by design. So Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on Twitter at lo underscore fla Panthers on 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 Instagram as well at lo underscore fla Panthers as well. Me myself personally at Mondoman Man Twelve and locked on panthers is on youtube as well we are trying to get to 600 subscribers there before opening night so thank you guys for having me on
1: sounds good armando thank you again for taking thanks for joining from your busy schedule i know with a lot of preseason games coming up you're going to have a lot of wrapping up episodes to do and obviously like we said at the at the start 10 to 9 days whenever you guys are listening to this episode from the start of the regular season So very excited for all of that to come up, and we've got a lot of content lined up for you guys as well. So, Armando, Ryan, Kirby, any last things before we head on out? It's been a long night, and I know you, uh, you guys are great. Ready to
2: go.
0: Also, uh, check out my work at the Hockey News, where I will be. I I am writing with uh David Dork as well. And for any Florida Panther fans who will be at at on at Tuesdays, uh preseason game between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning I will be there and I will be likely setting up an intermission meetup with some fans
3: great Perfect. point mentioned by Armando there um David Dwork was on uh one of my last Twitter spaces breaking down camp and the rookies and a lot of Mackie Samaskevich talk so if you haven't heard that replay make sure to let me or Armando know and I can send it over and yeah um other than that, just our fantasy leagues getting underway. I think next week, David will break that down a little bit more and um, had fun last night in our draft league. I know Armando's a part of our fantasy football uh, league there. So that's been pretty uh, entertaining here for this first month. Ryan leads the way right now. In that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryan's undefeated. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and <laughs> then, uh, of course, on our Discord, David, you'll mention a lot of hockey talk around the clock there. And Armando drops by when he can too, as well. So it's always yep. nice to see him.
1: Yep. As always, guys, thank you
3: guys so much. I'll make
1: sure to have all of Armando's links in the description below. So until next time, guys, I appreciate y'all for listening. Likes, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. And until next time, as always, vamos Gatos and let's go Panthers. Go Cats.